Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week's guest is yet again from Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. He is a practical shooter. He might even be a practical joker. I don't know yet. We'll both find out at some point, I guess. And he is yet another ace virtual reality nerd. There's a lot of people joining them in that corner of the room, including myself. So if you would, join me in welcoming to the show, Anthony Villanueva. Hi. How you doing, Anthony? Doing pretty good. Excellent. So are you a practical joker too? I, I can joke around some people, yes. <laughs> okay. You have that capability. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. You have jokes. I like it. All right. So, Anthony, what I normally do is hit everybody up front with all the hard questions. They're icebreaker questions. They're they're literally the hardest questions people typically answer throughout the entire podcast. But before we get there, do me a favor and introduce yourself. Sure. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Anthony. Um, Dave actually uh, said that I am from Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was there for some time. I actually live in Texas now, so I am in. <laughs> I'm in Dallas. <laughs> My uh, bad. Actually, yeah, I'm in the DFW area, and I've uh, been here for about a year now. Uh, currently working in the farm industry and in sales, and it has been a blast for the past couple of years. Um, and before that, I was in coaching. Now, when you say coaching, go ahead and explain that a little more. Sure. So before all the gyms were shut down in 2020, I worked in like four different gyms and I was coaching clients. I was teaching uh, students how to be future PE teachers as well at Cal State Fullerton. So I do claim California as well as my origin. Uh, so I taught at Cal State Fullerton coached in UCI, coached in Huntington Beach, uh, coached in Garden Grove also. So lots of coaching before COVID happened and then all the gym shut down. So it was all sad from there. But uh, when one door closes, another one opens up and uh, I started making my hard move towards the farm industry. Okay. Um, Huntington Beach, any, um, Oh, shoot. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, the Huntington Beach bad boy, UFC fighter. T uh, it's Ever. not Tito Ortiz, is it? It is Tito Ortiz. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Ever um, run into him and your No, no, um, no, definitely not. I did. Oh, man. There were some UFC fighters in downtown Florida. I used to be a bouncer also. That was during college. But that was kind of funny seeing them. Um, yeah. So they were moonlighting as bouncers. No, they were coming in as patrons, but downtown Fullerton and, of all places. That's kind of weird to me. Okay. They're looking for college girls. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? That's strictly rumor. I have nothing to base that on factually. So let me put that disclaimer out there. Allegedly. There we go. Question number one. Favorite movie. Favorite movie would be Forrest Gump. Oh man, that is such a great movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. When I told my kids they were going, I made my, as my kids were growing up, when they started getting into the teenage world, um, I started making them watch classic movies. Mm -hmm. One of them being 
Forrest Gump and and a bunch of others. So, man, what a great movie. Why do, why is that your favorite? You have the most ordinary person ending up in the most extraordinary situations and he just keeps going. So I like to think of that uh, in, in life, you just have to keep going, which is so cliche, but like everything that happened to Forrest in that movie, it's like he just went on with it. Perseverance, yeah. It was like it, oh, no big deal. Like, <laughs> I, I guess it's good that his IQ was low enough that he didn't realize that bad things kept happening. A little you bit, know? yeah. 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 <laughs> Such a great movie though. Okay. What I have learned is since the advent of the internet, uh, people don't seem to read anymore. If you have read a book, which one has been your favorite? Uh, the, I guess it's the last book I read and it just uh, kind of pushed me towards a better direction. Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yeah. Okay. It can't hurt me by David Goggin. What what's that? What's the story about? Well, Dave Goggins goes through his whole life, or I guess he goes into more in, in the second book. But in the first book, like he just talks about his life and he teaches the readers how to uh I don't know how to say it without cussing, but just <laughs> like, go ahead. Up, like like just go. Like don't let anything stop you. And literally can't hurt me. So, um, I don't so know. Just F just effing do it. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. there's a lot of weaknesses in my life and I just had to reflect on things and I'm like, okay, you know what? Address the weakness and make that one go harder. So there we go. Okay. How long ago did you read that? That was probably, I think I read it three times and the last recent one was two months ago. Okay. Does it, do you read it faster and faster each time? No. So the first time was a audiobook. Second time was the book. And then the third time was the audiobook. But uh, so the most last recent time, most recent was the audiobook again. Um, and I recommend the audiobook because he, he actually, it's almost like a podcast. He, he talks and has conversations that you hear about that you don't get from the book. And you just mm -hmm. pick up again, just a, the, the reminder of like, you can be better. And, uh, I needed to hear that, especially for where I am in my life. I don't know if you're into superheroes or not. I, I am not. I'm not against, I don't have anything against anybody who is, but if you're into superheroes, who's your favorite superhero? If not, who's your favorite historical figure? Favorite superhero is probably the flash. Oh, the flash. Okay. You, you can't just leave it at the flash. You gotta <laughs> give me why, why the flash? Yeah. I, I didn't grow up watching comic books, but I did watch the TV show and, and then just like seeing the movie too. But the, in, at least the TV show and then learning about the comic books after the fact, it's like this guy is so fast, he can run back in time. So you can time travel about being so fast and you can, I don't know, save everyone. There's a lot of things you can do when you're really fast. And maybe that does apply to some practical shooters, but the faster you are. <laughs> Wind shooting matches, you know. Yeah. I sometimes <laughs> dream of that, you know, being so fast and then you're so fast that being accurate feels like slow motion. And I don't know. So that, I do think of that a lot, which is dumb. That's like a dream, but being really being faster and which is one of my weaknesses is being faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, I, I watched The Flash in the 80s and 90s. His name was Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I think he Probably also made cameos. Athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. Favorite gun and favorite caliber of all time, but they, they don't have to be synchronous with each other. They can be asynchronous, meaning you could it could be a... I see you have Beretta behind you. Mm-hmm. And I know you've had Beretta on your Instagram, so it might be a Beretta, but it, you, the, your favorite caliber might be a 300 Win Mag. I don't know. Um, man, so for someone who works in a gun store, I get this question a lot also. And I also hate the fact that I might, I have to admit that my favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. <laughs> I'm so like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you want me to say? Like, I, I guess nine millimeter is one of my favorite calibers because I have a lot of time behind that caliber. Am I, and me and my allowed to show off my gun right here? Yeah, absolutely. This is my favorite gun. It is my dream gun. It is my and it's a Beretta performance. Um, it actually has uh, two Berettas in this one because um, when I first got this Beretta, it was the legacy model where it was not optics ready, so I had to get the. 92x performance defensive where it was optics ready so this is two different guns in one and i'm really i love this gun and uh this is pretty much what's uh gotten me to where i am with my shooting today all right well we will get there then for sure you sound like a uh a big beretta fan so we'll maybe have to get into that i i cannot claim the same but <laughs> i'm pretty sure you are the last question I like to have is just um, personal to the individual. So tell me your favorite memory thus far of shooting. Oh, man. Guess defining moment. Well, favorite moment shooting. Maybe it's slipped between two if I had to flip a coin. Probably my last time shooting with uh, my Echo One uh, team. They're based out of California, and I met up with them at Area 2 uh, a couple months ago, and just being with Dave and Echo 1 pretty much uh, reminded me of my roots and who I care about a lot, especially on the West Coast. Outside of my literal family, I have my shooting family out in the West Coast that I miss. And so my favorite moment shooting uh, was at Area 2, just being with the guys and finally sharing a, a house with them, huge one. So... It's a, that's why I do this. That's why I shoot. I don't always just shoot to get better. I shoot to see the people I care about. So that was my favorite moment being with team echo one. I mean, it seems to be what a lot, you know, I know people that are friends with other people, but they live in other areas of the country. So when they go to like nationals, they all get an Airbnb hang out together and, and do all of that. So I totally get it. Mm-hmm. So what was the other memory that, almost made it to number one yeah it was it was a flip of coin but like literally beretta low cap nationals was my first major that i ever shot and so people ask me like that was your first major yeah <laughs> so it was it, it felt really fun because i brought my beretta 92x performance to shoot production at low cap nationals and it was the same weekend as my birthday so i i, I thought that everything just lined up and there was a there was a big cake that had bread on there. I'm like, oh, it's my birthday cake. Sweet. Let's slice it and eat it. <laughs> That's funny. Now, what year was that that you went to? I don't see a year on it. So. 2020. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Was that in Frostproof? This was in Alabama, Tal- Talladega. Oh, it was in 2020. Okay. I think so. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I take that back. It says 2021. <laughs> sorry. Oh, okay. All right. I was like, wait, COVID shut everything down. Yeah. So 2021. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I went to nationals in 2020, 2021 and 2022 for carry optics. And mm. in 2020, I'm pretty sure like pretty much everything was at frost proof. And then in 2021, that's when things moved. Cause I shot CMP 21 and 22. Gotcha. Oh, so did you go to low cap nationals? No, carry optics all three times. Okay. So, so high cap optics. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So where did you grow up in California? I did. Yes. Grew up in California in SoCal, Orange County. Okay. So you're a younger guy. So the politics are not great for gun ownership and, and shooting and all of that. I know, I know there's a big gun community. And there's a lot of shooters, but the politics kind of get in the way. So did you grow up around guns? No, uh, I am. I can't say I'm the only one in my family that has a firearm because my cousins do. But uh, in my immediate family, I'm the only one that has it. And I guess the how it started was my cousins and I, we wanted to have fun. So we got an airsoft. And then as I got older, I was like, well, I don't want to just airsoft anymore. We have guns. Let's do something bigger than this. So I got the first gun and then no one else did, which was weird. But when I had my first gun, I felt that I needed to learn how to shoot better and I wanted to be around other shooters. So I joined some groups, learned some more. And then I somehow got invited to SHOT Show, which was so like, like, I guess not everyone gets to go to SHOT Show, but I did. And when I, the, the funny part is, and this is going to drop back to Team Echo One and Dave, um, I, I told some friends I was SHOT Show and she told me, it's like, hey, my dad's at SHOT Show. And that's Dave from Echo One, Jack Precision. And she's like, go meet him. He literally plucked me from this group of shooters I was, I was with and told me like, hey, they're cool, but come with me and let me show you what real shooting looks like. And he brought me to my first USPSA match. Uh, and that is the rest of the story. Like that's, that's how I got into shooting just because I got plucked from this group. <laughs> so how old were you when you got plucked? 20, uh, what, let me pull my calculator out. Give me a second. <laughs> 22. I was 22 years old. Okay. Yeah. So, so had you just graduated college then or were you in I was college? And that's, okay. I was still in college and because I spent so much time in college, I couldn't even shoot that much either. So it, I didn't get classified until I moved to Vegas and that was post 2020. So I, I just shot matches for fun in college, but my type of personality is if I'm going to do something worth doing, I'm going to do it well. So the more I spent time with Dave and Echo One, the more I kept on getting better and the more I wanted to see with, be with them. Even though it was maybe like once a month, uh, I just kept shooting that way. And I mean, you know how it is for college students. We don't have a lot of money. And then when you're in California, shooting can be kind of hard too. Um, well, it's not really that hard. I want to I want to touch on that later. But right now, for the for this primary question, like I, I didn't actually I already forgot the question. Sorry. 
That's okay. Well, we were. I was just saying, were you in college? And you were. Mm-hmm. So you you weren't doing a whole lot with weaponry at that time. Um, so he plucked you at 22, got you into USPSA. I assume you're like everybody else who's been on the podcast. You got hooked the first time you shot a match. I should have been DQ the first match, but I, I wasn't DQ'd. <laughs> you're the second person recently who has said that. That yeah. you should have been DQ'd in your first match. Like I, I will, I will knock on wood, and I still have video footage of my first match. And I'm like, I'm watching my my match footage, and I definitely break 180, but I, I guess no one saw it, and I am still here, technically not DQ'd yet in my life. Knock on wood. So, now was it egregious, or was it just that you were like, oh crap, I broke the 180? Mm, it was a reload, and because production, you know. Everyone who shoots production and they reload, they don't like moving left sometimes. So when I reload, yeah. when you point like that, you're, you're going to break 180. And when you're moving left, it's like it's almost even more obvious. So that's how I saw it in video and no one else did. And I was like, oh, man. Well, at least you're not. I was at a match locally and this woman did not get DQ'd, but all of us saw it. We're all like, uh, what just happened? She was moving right to left, right-handed shooter and reloaded. And when she... So she, so this is downrange. So she turns 90 degrees to run across the stage. Mm. And when she did, she went to reload and the gun was pointing up over the top of the building <laughs> behind the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all like, uh, what just happened? Yeah. So that's pretty obvious. He actually, yeah. the RO actually apologized to everybody for not catching it. Right. I probably did half of that, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and the other guy who mentioned it uh, said he took his gun belt off at his first match with the gun in it. And Uh-oh. and his the guy who brought him, like, he was like, the, he said the look he gave me of shock was like, uh, let me put my belt back on. So nobody, nobody saw. So, mm-hmm. All right, so you're 22, you're still in college. Now you're hooked on a drug called practical shooting. How how does that work out for you? Now what are you doing to try to shoot? Well, uh, fortunately, because I work at a gun store and shooting range, um, we have matches there. And because I also sell firearms, I'm around guns all day, basically. Uh, that's how what I get was, some, uh, what's that? What was that when you were in college too? No, today, these days. Right. But when you got the first time you shot your USPSA match, mm-hmm. you were still in college, correct? Okay. So, yeah. So in okay. college, man, such a interesting time for me because I'm not saying California, I guess California and firearms is one thing, but like the climate I was around, especially at my university, there are not a lot of people wanted to be around firearms and so Mm -hmm. my professors were not into it either so i was a very different student there (laughs) and uh but job wise in california um one of my jobs i had i was a range officer at a shooting range too so that gave me even more time around firearms during college okay fortunately um so i still was able to get trigger time and when you hang out with specific people, you still get invited to SHOT Show. And I was able to continue being around firearms and meeting everyone and networking. 
Okay, now you, you told me too that you got a master's in kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, so did you go straight through for six plus years to get your master's or was there a break in there? How did that happen? Um, I have a bas- I have two bachelor's degrees and one master's degree and the, the two bachelor's degrees took six years and then the master's degree took two. So eight years of college in California. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you were in California that whole time working at a range and doing other stuff. So you were still in that shooting community. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now what is this echo one and who is this Dave character? I don't trust people named Dave. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Dave N, he is our fearless leader. And if, uh, if you don't know who Dave is in SoCal and you're, I don't think you're shooting enough matches or you're not traveling to major matches enough because he is a prominent figure. He donates so much time, energy, product, and everything to major matches everywhere he goes. Uh, What's his last name? E-N. N. So E-N. And uh, so the Team Echo One Shooters, they're based out of SoCal. But now that some of us have moved, like myself, I still claim Echo One as my family. meet them at the range and you'll, 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 I mean, I don't know if you've seen, uh, Jared from Ravenwing. He, he's associated with echo one as well. So he has the, he's on team Langdon too. Um, but team echo one, they're all over the SoCal, uh, major matches basically. And actually just area two in general, SoCal, Arizona, and then some of them come out to Texas. Okay. Ernest and I were at Quantico at the same time. He's always been on team Beretta. I've been always been on team non Beretta. So my Beretta, I sent out to Langdon. So, (laughs) okay. I I mean, he's a master with those things. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing. All right. So at what point then were you able to kind of start getting serious with USPSA. So once I graduated, I found myself with more time to shoot and that's how I got there. But then that, that two year period between 2018 and 2020, um, I just coached and then got into more. Actually, I also got into firearm instruction also. And the more you, that's how I get better is by teaching also. Okay. Um, so in those two years, shooting, teaching a little bit more too. Uh, but then when COVID happened, it shut everything down. Um, and then when I finally got the opportunity to get this Beretta, the irony is I got this Beretta in California one week before I moved out to Vegas, which was really weird. Um, I don't want to get into that story too much, but yeah, um, this is Beretta technically is from California. <laughs> and then okay. when I got this Beretta, I took a class with JJ and I have some stories with JJ too. That wasn't my first time uh, meeting him. Um, I remember scaring him at SHOT Show one time. Uh, let me tell you this story real quick. The first time yeah. I met JJ was at SHOT Show when I was a range officer. He was shooting his a pistol at the rifle range. And I was a big fan. I wanted to come up to him and say hi to him. And when I when I, when I I bumped his shoulder and wanted to say hi, he, he was like worried. He thought he was in trouble because he was shooting his pistol at the rifle. You should have said, stop. Yeah, I know. I should have. <laughs> from there on he remembered me all like two three years later um and then i took the class with jj and that's when everything clicked i finally understood 
shooting, uh, or I finally understood my trigger better, finally understood how to move better. And so I brought that with me from California to Vegas and then shot a ton more in Vegas. Um, and then from there I got classified and continued to shoot. And then here I am in Texas. All right. When you say everything clicked, that's pretty vague. Was there something in particular or what, what was it? Do you think it was just the JJ style that worked for you that helped everything click? What was it that made things work? Mm -hmm. There was, I mean, the way JJ uh, taught, like I can't teach how JJ teaches because he is a master of his craft, but I finally learned where I was leaking so much time. And then also how to be more accurate. And this is like fundamental stuff. And, and uh, this is, this is, these are the things that no one wants to practice, like a white belt. Like what, what is a black belt? It's a white belt that never gave up. And so in order to get better at shooting, you got to work on the fundamentals. And that's what I was able to get from JJ when I first had my class with him. And then from there, I kept practicing all those things. And the, okay. everything clicking at the same time was, yeah, understanding how to move better, better, how to time everything, like how to, how to, I don't want to like step on, on his toes, but like how to, how to understand targets and their order and bring them all together and then being accurate at the same time. I was able to do that and apply it to my matches and then just keep on getting better from there. Okay. So now with 2021, your first major ever being nationals, what was your classification? B class. All right. So you went to low cap nationals in 2021 as B class. Mm -hmm. And what are you now? I'm still a class. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. And how now you're, what is in Denton? What brought you to Dallas? Um, my, my girlfriend actually. Oh, yeah, you guys eloped to another state. Well, it was uh, man. Everyone in the world is going to see this, but like, <laughs> and we decided that Vegas was not the best place for us and to have a family. So uh, we decided uh, on Dallas. Okay, I was born in Dallas, so you chose a good spot. I mean, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> I'm Dave. Don't trust me. Um, but anyway, all right. So. And you decided to, did you look for jobs in the industry when you got there or did you have something lined up before you got there? No, um, I didn't have something lined up when I got here, but I was able to get a job from a friend, uh, Jared, I'll call him out. He helped me out. Uh, but then during that job, I realized that I wanted to do something else. Uh, so I didn't want to stay at home, work from home. Um, so I just thought to myself. And like, I also have this, this weird relationship with the gym now. Also, ever since gym shutting down, it's, it's hard for me to, to, I don't know, go back and coach. I, it's something I'm still working on really? in my own thoughts. Um, okay. Like I have coaching. I'm still coaching some clients online um, who just really did not want me to give up coaching. And of course I care about them and I also care about health too. And so I wanted to help them. I have this skill and I wanted to give it to them. So I still have some coaching clients, but I'm like, well, I friggin' love guns. And there is this local range that I shot at. And even before I, I moved here, 
I shot at this range when I visited. So I'm like, okay, well, I want to work here. Walked in, applied, got the job. So I currently work in a gun store. And that is also where I met Noah from Ace. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you probably know that I just had him on the other night with Tim Heron. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw that episode. Now, how, okay. Because I don't think he lives in Dallas. No. So, so how, that is, that is a one in a million chance meeting. So how does that happen? All right. And it's like, um, I'm working at a Gritter. For, so that's why I work, Gritter Sports and Outdoors. I'm working there and it's like two months in and these guys come in with this, with this plastic gun, right? This is actually the, the OG model, right? The 2011. Yeah. Um, they walk in. That's what I learned the other night. <laughs> um, they walk in and they're like, well, we, we have something to show you and we want to want to see if you guys can host us. So our, our uh, company hosted them there. And when I got to play with it, I immediately fell in love with it. Cause I, I do love video games, but I've never played with virtual reality before. So I put on that headset, played with the trigger and I was just like, I want this. So I sp spent my own money. They didn't give me this. So I bought it, played with it a ton. And here I am today still playing Ace. When I think we're six months later and I have 150,000 rounds downrange virtually. Yeah, I mean, that's you sent me a picture uh, right before. And I am going to share this screen so that people can see what we're talking about here. And okay. like, granted, that took me since July to get to that number. Okay, so seven months. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, that that's still almost twenty thousand trigger pulls a month. Mm hmm. All right. So let me. There is that. I want to make that thing larger. And there it is. It says. Rounds fired, 153,113 with savings of $45,000, almost $46,000 because it's 45,934, right. 46 grand worth of trigger pulls. That yeah. is insane. I have so many things to say about Ace also. And I think, I mean, like, it's, it's how you met me, how you, how you found me also, but like, Without Ace, I don't think I would still I'd be a shooter like I am today because I don't I don't shoot a lot anymore <laughs> because I'm trying to prioritize some budgets. But like, don't 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 let this uh, this press fool you. I got this as a as a slight <laughs> gift uh, with a huge discount when I got that. So last year alone, I loaded three thousand rounds on this press and shot maybe an, another thousand factory ammo. So 4,000 rounds last year alone. And here I am in virtual reality shooting 150,000. <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> all right, so we're, we're there. Let's talk about it. Why do you like it? I get some trigger time, man. And it is just pure entertainment right in front of my face. It's on my head. It's in my, it's right there in my eyes uh, and eyes and hands. So being able to 
So this is my daily schedule. I work out in the morning and then I do some ACE and dry fire. Like just being able to get some trigger time, virtual trigger time to get your day started. I don't think anyone can do that unless you're like that 1% in the shooting industry that gets paid to shoot. I get to have fun and do this. So I get to practice. And a lot of people ask me like, but is it is it close to the real thing? Like there's no recoil. How can you get better? Like, well, not all shooting is just about the recoil. You need to be able to see, you need to do this with a straight figure too, or a, a good trigger press. And you get to, you can do that with dry fire, but at least with ACE, you can act, you can see what you're hitting also. So that's why I really enjoy this. And also I, I, I didn't think I was that competitive, but I guess I am really competitive. I like the competition now. And now that like Tim's here and just the other night I saw JJ, it's like, okay, big names are even bigger names are here too. So it's, it's a lot of fun being able to run with the, run with the champions and almost keep up with them virtually virtually. Okay. Now we'll come back to the, the ACE thing here in a minute, but do you still actively shoot matches? Mm -hmm. So I shoot maybe once or twice a month for matches. And these matches are short for me. They're like four stages. And so that's like a hundred, maybe 115 rounds. So I don't shoot a lot. And I, I did um, challenge myself before area two. Uh, I think area two was no, like early November, if I recall correctly, the whole mm -hmm. month of October, I didn't touch my Beretta, which was dumb. I guess if, if like, why am I spending so much money and traveling so far away, uh, without training with my Beretta, I didn't touch my Beretta. I didn't shoot it. I didn't dry fire my Beretta. All I did was play ACE. And when I came to area two, I still did pretty well. Um, and like, sure. I had a couple hiccups. But for not touching my competition gun at all, I had fresh eyes and I was able to move and press my trigger pretty well still. So are you saying there was a direct translation from ACE to what you did at Area 2? 100%. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Because shooting is not just the gun by itself. You need to be able to see. You need to be able to move. And like calling back to what JJ taught me, I was able to get that from him and, and applying that again in real life in this bigger situation at area two, I still did it without even touching my gun, without shooting so much either. I still did pretty well. Like I know, I know there's tons of other, uh, better shooters out there for, but like me being a class, some people tell me that I'm not a class. I'm now, I should be something bigger than that, but I just don't shoot classifiers. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, at first I thought the classification system was the bomb, but I, I honestly, I just think it matters where you place at matches. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, who cares? You could take away, like, if you look at the IPSC matches, they, you know, there's everybody has the same classification. Who cares mm -hmm. what they are? It's just where did you finish? That's really mm -hmm. what matters. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, now. Look, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I haven't I haven't put 153,000 trigger pulls on one of these devices. I probably did 200. Uh, so far less than you. But in those 200 trigger presses, I was like, uh, this thing's pretty amazing. 
-hmm. And it is very realistic. That's the part that shocked me. And when we were talking on the live stream with Tim and Noah, I noticed that when I first started to shoot it, that my grip was terrible. Like I wasn't gripping it hard enough, but I didn't expect to get the feedback that I got either. It, it was literally, I pulled the trigger a couple of times and I'm like, oh, wow, my, my dot is jumping around. Mm -hmm. You know, it's literally like when you have a poor grip at a match. Mm -hmm. I immediately started cranking down on it. The dot started staying still and I was able to start hitting things where I wanted to hit things. So it, I mean, just a little bit, I did 100% translated to what I would see in a match. So I was very impressed. Mm -hmm. yeah, now, with what, Ace. yeah, with Ace. With Ace, you have that instant feedback. You get your score. You see your hits. A lot of people ask me, what about just dry fire? Why can't I just dry fire with my actual gun that I train with? It's like, yeah, you can most definitely do that. I'm just having a lot of fun with Ace. And for you to dry fire with your gun, if you are that good to understand how you grip your gun, how you're pressing your trigger, and you can call your shot on your wall, on your paper targets, your dry fire targets, awesome. You're a great shooter. But most people can't do that. And so most people right. will have to dry fire at home and then drive to the range spend some ammo and confirm the dry fire if it's working. Yep. I don't do that. <laughs> I just try. I just use right. my, my ace. Yeah. I, I, and I agree. And I, I think part of that too, Anthony is the lower you are on the totem pole as a shooter, Bravo, Charlie Delta class shooter. You know, you haven't learned all of those skills to, see everything that the dot is doing and know what to expect with what your dot is doing. You're, you know, there, there are so many things you don't know mm. that dry fire, dry fire is spectacular, but it's not everything. Mm -hmm. And how I see this ACE thing is one, it's exciting and fun. And it's not just exciting and fun for, you know, one or two dry fire times because it's new. So it's exciting. No, this is like every time you put it on, mm -hmm. it can be different. Mm -hmm. You can do something completely different. You can compete with friends. You can, I could call you up or text you and say, Hey, get on and let's do a virtual stage together. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. and you're getting real value. Mm -hmm. out of that. And I think that's what people don't realize, but I don't know that I would have realized that had I not put the headset on and actually played around and did it. And then it was like, Whoa, this, this is different. This is a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just last night, I actually texted my buddy. Hey, I beat you. He texted <laughs> me back at like midnight. I beat you back. And so <laughs> like, oh my God, like we're losing <laughs> sleep just because of <laughs> and it's wow competitive. and then also just the funny part was just like one day tim heron messaged me like, how'd you do this and never in a million years did i think tim heron would text me <laughs> so yeah um, uh, it, was, it was a funny funny moment for me because I, I feel like i'm just a so casual shooter podcast man i'm such a recreational shooter i just have fun with this i don't shoot yeah Re realistically i don't shoot that much but virtual reality i i I have a lot of time, <laughs> but, and then, and the thing is like, like we were just saying, 
even though you're doing it casually and you're doing it to have fun, you're getting real life value mm -hmm. out of it, you mm -hmm. know? So, uh, it's one of those things again, it's like, if it gets you to put the headset on and shoot and do stuff, it, it will keep your skills up. So pretty, pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So now do you, and so how much do you chat with Noah now? We, we talk about almost every week. We, he, so he, since he works for ACE, he gets feedback from all of us. Uh, but because I run this game really hard, I think I have some other extra feedback that I can give him. And I think it helps, uh, but I'm not the only one. Like he, there's a lot of players in ACE now, tons, and he, they're getting so much feedback from us, which is only going to make the game even better. So everyone who right. gets it now will have an even better game than what I started with like seven months ago. Well, and even the other night, you know, Tim was like, yeah, you know, I'd, it'd be nice if it could do this. And Noah turns, puts a headset on, and he's messing around to hear a beep from a timer. And he takes the headset off. He goes, yeah, Tim, you can do that. You just have to go here, there, and, and another place. And he's like, Tim was like, mind blown, yeah. you know? Oh, man. There, there's a lot of detail with that system mm -hmm. that, you know, even – a month into using the thing, you're going to be learning stuff and what you can do. And I mean, I, I, have you run into anything where you're like, Oh, that's the edge of the possibility. That's nope. the end right? <laughs> man, I, I was at Prairie fire and I, I went to my hotel in Pahrump and I was sitting there that night and I was literally going, I cannot, I don't know where, like, you know what the limitations are of dry fire, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't know what the limitations are of this. I really couldn't think of a downside as to why you wouldn't have this system set it up for a holster on a gun belt. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Even just put one empty mag pouch. Mm -hmm. So you have a reference to go to, to pretend you're doing a mag change. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I, I don't, I can't think of a downside. I really can't. I mean, I'm, I'm pointing at the other screen savings of 45 grand. So people can say, Oh, I don't the subscription. I'm out. I don't want it. Dude. It's $20 a month. Mm -hmm. That's that's you're not even paying a case of ammo a year. Cause mm -hmm. I look at a case of ammo about 300 bucks for new, new ammo, $300 per thousand. So you're paying less than that for an entire year subscription. And look at you, you've only had it seven months and you've put 153 virtual rounds down range. Yep. You cannot put a cost savings on that. I know it says 45 grand, but I mean, in reality, it, it's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot think of a downside. I mean, I watched Noah bending down and virtually shooting low ports. I'm like, what in the world? This is nuts. Yeah. He just recently added that, uh, added that stage. Like I think it was a, a couple of weeks ago, but squatting now, okay. you know, the, 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 the possibilities with this game is insane because now we're imagining 
all the other stuff we can get out of this besides dry fire. We can get a little bit of fitness into this too, because yeah. if you, if you like, for example, there's people that go to the range. And so like, there's also tactical games and then just recently the UAE swap challenge. Right. So imagine doing a workout and then putting on your virtual reality and confirming all your shots under duress, right. Under out of breath. So that, yeah. that's the fun thing that I, I look forward to with this as well. Now, but going back to the, the 250, like when you talk about the value on that, like I like to tell people, it's like, well, how much does it cost for you to go out with your wife? You know, like when you go out to dinner, maybe it's like a $70 dinner, like that's like four of them, right? So not even. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like three and a half dinners. Yeah. For what you get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't like to say, well, if you just not go out to dinner, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying mm -hmm. don't go out to dinner. We're just quantifying it. So you can visualize the cost isn't all that great. Right. You know, so less than a case of ammo, who knows where you're going to be at this rate. You were probably somewhere between probably about what 140. Well, seven. You're shooting about 20 round, 20,000 rounds. It's actually more than 20,000. 25,000 rounds a month. Yeah. So 25,000 rounds with five more to go. So you've got another 125,000 virtual rounds to shoot this year. Yeah. So that's going to yeah. put you at 278,000 rounds. Easy. That is that's more than Eric Grafell shoots live. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it was cool seeing his name in the game too. What's that? So just recently there was an update, and uh, the the stage they had at Shot Show, uh, they showed the top three shooters that showed up to the booth, and Eric's name is there, telling you what was his score. So the the competition is there, where it's like, oh, he got that score on this stage. Well, let me let me see what I can get on this stage now, and sure enough, now I want to keep on competing. It's just fun to think, oh, I can shoot as fast as they can virtually because live fire completely different, way different, <laughs> but virtually it was fun. Yeah. But I mean, even then, if you're not gripping the gun hard mm -hmm. and doing what you need to do properly with trigger press and grip, mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to crap the bed. Totally. Yeah. There's so, so in this little community, in this little, it's not as little anymore, but on a daily basis, there is a new player coming in and saying, Hey, I've been playing for about a week now and I love it because they're already seeing all the things that they're doing better and translating into the real world. But then there's also the other player who says, damn, my arms are really sore. And then we ask them like, how long, how much do you shoot for? And they're like, uh, maybe shot like two hours today. It's like, bro, you're dry firing for two hours and you're asking why your arms are sore. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and let me ask you this, um, Mr. Kinesiology. Right. The other, the other night, Tim said he's had it about three and a half weeks now and he's getting tennis elbow and some other stuff. If one of your clients said that to you, what would you tell them? Well, I mean, I want to find out what's going on, what caused it. And maybe we shouldn't do it as hard. So if I had, a, it, realistically, if I had a client telling me that they developed tendonitis from dry fire, I would probably say, cut that, cut that time down a little bit more. 
have some stretching, have some massage. Uh, but also, uh, what we're what we're finding is a lot a lot of people who 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 dry fire, uh, they they grip really hard. But how often are they doing the opposite of that too? Extension, right? So I, I would I would recommend also working on the extensor extensors, not just the flexors. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you said that because Noah's like, maybe what we need to do is just uh, as like swag with the, with the grip module mm -hmm. is put one of those in the package so people can do that to help counter that uh, strong hand grip. That would be pretty fun. I would recommend a lacrosse ball. That would be way, way more <laughs> fun, fun to, to do, you know, massage and that lacrosse ball you can use on other parts of the body too, in case something's sore. Okay. So you actually recommend massaging versus more than the extensors? No, no, do both. Do both. Okay. Yeah. But in the package, you would say put a lacrosse ball and not a, a rubber band for extensors? I mean, me you got to choose one. Can't say both because it's a business. <laughs> me as a consumer, I would like to see a lacrosse ball because I can get a little bit more value from that. <laughs> okay, all right, interesting take. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right, so I want to I, I want to flat I want to time travel like the Flash back to college again. Okay, so tell me. If you had had ACE virtual reality when you were going through college, your eight years of college, let's say you got it two years into college. So your last six years, where do you think you would have been in the sport when you hit low cap nationals for the first time? I think that I would have had a lot more skill. Like the, I, I, I still have videos of my low cap performance and, and that's also when I met all, all of these new friends that I have now. Um, yeah, I would be shooting a whole lot better because I would be shooting, I, I think I'd be shooting as good as way better than what I'm doing now and doing that more better back then. Oh my God. Could I be a world champion today? That's what I'm thinking. No, being able, like having ACE, if I had ACE in college, mm -hmm. shoot. Oh man. I don't, I'm not saying that ACE is fixing all of my problems in my life, but I would probably be a champion. <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm just going to be honest. Like I, I would be, oh, wow. I would be up there. I would put money on that. But right now, I'm not a champion, unfortunately. So I wonder what would happen. See, I, I love what if scenarios because I think that's where breakthroughs happen. Now imagine taking an NCAA college team that normally does small bore and, and other stuff and giving them this system mm -hmm. for an entire school year. And then, so everybody who isn't a senior, well, you could let them use it too, but Everybody who's a freshman through junior, you're going to practice with this for a year in addition to what you're doing. And then that, that next year, we, the, the team, we're going to go and compete in some of these and see where we place 
based on just virtual reality training. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a very interesting experiment. Absolutely. I would love to see a college study on this stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and two, if you take people who already understand marksmanship, like they would, that's what they're doing in college. In addition to their normal studies, I don't think you have a better group of people to try it with. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if you, I mean, those people I've tried, there's a couple of, um, collegiate shooters that I've tried to get on, but my God, they shoot year round all the time. It's like, look, you guys need to take a break. If for nothing else, just to come on the podcast, this is ridiculous. Stop shooting. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. they, they understand the intricacies and, and, and I think it would, the other interesting part would be, you know, small bore is long and slow. It's, sure. you know, and this might be a little more exciting for me because it's fast paced. You know, there's a lot, you don't have to put all the gear on. It's just like, look, put the headset on it. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. At that age in college, man, I, it's like a, it's like a game, but they're getting marksmanship experience out of it. I don't, it, that would be a pretty, we need somebody rich out there to fund that. Yeah. That's I what wish. we need. We, we need Staccato to fund that. That's what we Staccato. Oh no. Federal won't do it. Cause that's uh, hurting their pocket. Uh, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so ammo companies are out, but. So would you, if they came out, let's say they came out with different grip modules and next thing you knew, you found out that they had a Beretta grip module. Yeah, um, I would I would love to have something like that. I was experimenting a little bit today um, with my grip module, especially. Uh, I'll show you. So I didn't even show you my current one, but I have a lot of tape on there because I wanted to it. get it palm swell. Like I have okay. large hands. And if you okay. look at my Beretta, I'm not going to flag myself. There's my lock grips on there. <laughs> I'm not gonna flag myself in my forehead. Yeah, that's coming <laughs> at the sky, fortunately. But that those lo these lock grips filled my grip really well, and I, with my big hands, uh, it helps a ton to be able to hold the firearm. So when I okay. I just taped this thing, my Sig, or sorry, my Arctis, and now it fills my grip <laughs> a whole ton better. If they if they somehow make a Beretta grip module, it would be nice because it has a different. Not, not necessarily a grip angle, but just a, a feel in general. Um, does that mean I can't shoot this thing? No, I can shoot this thing. I can shoot it pretty well still. Give me any gun, I'm happy to shoot. But uh, I love my Beretta, and I, I just do the best with that one. Have you been shooting Berettas your entire time? Actually, yes. Um, I bought a Beretta when I was 21. Man, I was talking, talking to the customer about this. In California, I bought my Beretta when I was 21 for $750. So it was about $803 after tax. After inflation calculations, that's like $1,000. I got I got upcharged like dumb. So it was a Beretta M9. I still have it. Um, and I bought it not because of Lethal Weapon or Die Hard. Uh, they used to call me Detective Riggs in California when I would shoot. Uh, but I bought it because of the Matrix. And I love my Beretta. And I just keep shooting Beretta. And I've been shooting Beretta for since my very first gun. I think it's just awesome that all these situations happen. Like, this is, that's why I like Forrest Gump. Like, I ended up in this extraordinary situation. Uh, my first major, Beretta Low Cap Nationals, on my birthday. Here I am. 
Okay. Now, how did the Matrix, though, get you to buy your first Beretta? Uh, Neo, he was dual wielding them. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, but I guess you can only afford one and not two. <laughs> yeah, actually, these days I have more, but that's, that's yeah, I, I love my That's brother. another story altogether. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about how many, because then there might be federal agencies that want to talk to you. Sure, sure. <laughs> now, I got to ask you, you added something on your Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. What did you win a Canic Steel? I did. Yeah. So it was funny because that was actually my first IDPA major match. And my God, it's just so funny because the week before uh, my I forgot if it was my club president or not, but he's like, you're still unclassified. You need to classify before you shoot this match because it's IDPA. And right. I just shot the classifier how it would shoot, and I got marksman, which is almost equivalent to I think maybe C or D class USA. Right, it's it's one of their <laughs> lower ones, right? I don't shoot IDPA that much, um, to the point where if you see my rig, that is a Filster Enigma with a floodlight. That was only allowed into IDPA like months prior to that. I'm like, well, I'm gonna shoot my carry rig, and so that's also a Langdonized Beretta and uh with the landon cut into rdo um so i shot that it's the first major uh idpa match that i shot and it's like hey you got first place i'm like oh cool just because i'm like in that class right and then the guy also for raffle prizes you you got chosen first so go to the table grab a prize and i was looking at that and someone said just grab that one I'm like what is it i don't know what that is <laughs> this is before I worked at a gun store. Oh, wow. So you and Nils just became best friends. Mm, yeah. So, that, oh, man, I, I, I love my Beretta. I love my Beretta. Uh, I know. That Canic is nice. Okay. It's super nice. Yeah. So do you still have it? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. Because, did you shoot it? Um. Yes, I did. I did. Um, okay. So I love my Beretta. Just going to say it. I love my Beretta, but uh, the Canic was uh, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, there's nothing wrong with, you know, liking multiple guns. I mean, there, I like all kinds of guns. So I, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm not, I would never say, oh, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Now, well, that's the thing too. Let me say this is, um, fear not the man that practices 10,000 different kicks one time. Right. Fear the man that practices one kick 10,000 times. Right. I have a Beretta for every occasion, basically. My carry gun is a Beretta. My competition gun is a Beretta. My other room gun is a Beretta. I want one trigger. I just want one trigger and one grip to learn in my household. So that's why... I've been sticking with Brad for, for a long time because I want to master this one grip. That's why all mine are canics. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I had multiple um, calibers at one time mm -hmm. and I've gotten rid of all the ex the different calibers. I've gone down to one 
Now they're all the same model, so it doesn't matter what I pick up. They all feel the same. I've shot my competition gun in Steel Challenge, and I've shot my carry gun, which is also a Canik, mm -hmm. in Steel Challenge. And the difference on Smoke and Hope is one-tenth of one second. Wow. That's so impressive. I'm like, perfect. It's exactly yeah. what I'm looking for, you know? Consistent. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I mean, you like Beretta. That's all you've got. Man, more power to you. So I, I totally agree. And I think, wasn't that Bruce Lee who said, uh, fear the man who practices one kick 10,000 times? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure it was Bruce Lee. <clears throat> Way better than me. <laughs> Again, we're going to, we're going to flash back. See what I did there to your class with JJ. And was that a one day or a two day? How, how many days? I think it was, was a, I think it was a two day. If not three, it was two. I think it was two. Yeah. So when you got done with that, no, let's back up. How do I want to phrase it? So walk me through the class. What was it like that that first day getting there and starting to work as a student with JJ? You know that like what is that? Uh, is that is that is it Dunning Kruger where you think you know more? Or like I thought oh. I knew. Thought I was a good shooter. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't. I don't remember now. I, I thought I was a good good shooter before his class because I was okay. the only one in my friends group uh, outside of the practical shooters. I was the only one in my friends group that knew how to shoot. I worked at a range and I shot a lot and everyone else shot a lot and I shot better than them. Then I take the class with JJ day one, like easy fundamental stuff. Like I learned how bad I was and <laughs> okay. then like JJ, he didn't, he didn't make me feel bad at all. No, like, he didn't make me feel like I was such a bad shooter. It's just, it made me realize like, man, there are things to this shooting that I need to get better with. And he just he, he gave it to me. You started to realize what you didn't know. Yeah, exactly. So just those fundamentals and being able to press the trigger straight, being able to crack your shot off as soon as you can, like just basic stuff. And then there came the movement and I was always bad with the movement. And to this day, I probably still need to work on that. Honestly, I'm a big guy, kind of hard for me to move, but that's actually no excuse. There's other big guys too, but yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised you said that because I would think in your business before you got into just firearms industry, yeah. I kind of feel like that would almost be in your purview. So a little bit more background for me, especially with my coaching background, like I, when we think of someone who's a coach or a personal trainer, you, you would imagine them to be able to run a 40 yard dash in four seconds, right? Like now for, uh, unfortunately for me, I grew up without sports. Uh, I had heart surgery. I, was, I had heart surgery when I was a kid. And so my, check this out. Hold on. I'll show the whole world this little heart surgery. So, so did you have, obviously you had a congenital heart defect. Yeah. So I, I don't okay. want to just, downplay but i had a hole in my heart um yep. and my parents decided they just wanted it closed so they did yes. the offer for open Good heart for them. and um grew up without sport and i'm filipino so there's tons of food in my family so i grew up incredibly <laughs> unhealthy super unhealthy I, right? 
Go ahead. All right. Now I've been to the Philippines three times, <laughs> love the food, but the banana ketchup's got to go. Oh man. We're not going <laughs> to debate this. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, we are. <laughs> so do you like banana ketchup? Well, it's just, it's an acquired taste, right? Put on eggs. <laughs> yeah. Start it easy. Definitely. Start something simple. <laughs> uh, now you don't eat balut, do you? No, I haven't ever had it yet. Um, but I okay, promise we we're going to have to end the broadcast if you did. No, I'm, I still, <laughs> I'm willing to try it. I just haven't been in a restaurant where I could try one yet. So, um, there's that, uh, but going back the, the coaching situation. Yeah. I grew up without sport. So no basketball, no football, no baseball. So I'd field movements. So being able to cut and change direction, decelerate, accelerate. I didn't learn any of that until later college. And then my specific coaching background is weightlifting. So just move up and go down, right? Squat, bench, press, deadlift. So okay. when you ask me to, to turn around and run, no, not going to happen. <laughs> no, I've been not changing. in my wheelhouse. No, nah, I changed that. Um, I've been changing that. So my movement has been, been working again. But yeah, that's, that's my super fast history of athleticism. Okay. So if somebody in the world of practical shooting, another B-class guy listening to this podcast, um, but wants to get better at maybe doing some training on movement himself, is there, are you aware of a good YouTube channel or something like that where he could go and get tips from? Oh, let's see. Cool. Or maybe yeah. even words he can use to search for that type of thing. Man, talk to JJ. Watch anything JJ related <laughs> on YouTube. Just, okay. or not even that. Like, if you want something for free, Get him, get well, it's not shoot free, maybe it's free. YouTube shooting USA, watch the nationals and watch every top notch athlete shoot. And the best part is they come in all shapes and sizes. So I use the excuse, Oh, I'm big, I can't move as fast. There's guys bigger than me moving faster than me, so that's that's a bad excuse for me. But like, you just want to watch someone move, get on YouTube, watch national champions shoot. That's all you got to do, and then take a class. With JJ, it wasn't just fundamentals. He did some movement and blending of target rays and stuff like that as well. Then, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So, at the time when I took it in 2020, was it 2020 or 2021? I'm trying to remember, but it was it was like right before I left Vegas. Um, that because I know his class changes every time he teaches it, which is a good thing mm. because if someone wants to take his class again, they will again learn. Um, and there's plenty of guys hosting JJ's, especially in California. He's always in California. Um, but day one was, was fundamentals. And then day two was a lot of movement, especially. Yeah. So a lot of standing, more standing still on day one, more movement day two. We still moved on day one, but there was but a heavy emphasis on, on that trigger, man. Like, okay. again, dry fire and ace, like. If you can't, I mean, you felt it too in the 200 rounds. Yes. You weren't gripping and you yes. were doing this faster. It's going to go everywhere. So you see yes. together. Man, I couldn't, I started shooting at the um, Texas Star and mm -hmm. I was like, what? Look at my dot. It's like everywhere. What in the world? And I had, I cranked down on that thing and it was like, ding, 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 ding. But 
holy cow, you had to, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you had to, it's legit. It's pretty really. interesting too, because in my experience in, in real life, I can split maybe 12.12 second splits on demand. I can get 0.10 splits also, uh, just honestly, it's because of this Langdon trigger. Um, and then okay. in ACE, it is, my trigger freeze is 0.13 and anything slower than, anything slower than, wait, no, 0.13 is my trigger freeze basically. Uh, for example, I think my, <laughs> this is not gonna happen in real life, but I can split 0.06 in, in ACE. And so when people ask me like, how am I getting these scores on, on bill drill, on Blake drill and all that, it's like, well, because I can really shoot really fast and transition really fast. And again, the correlation there would just be constantly exercising that trigger finger at, at speed mm-hmm. allows you to get the same thing more so than dry fire, because I mean, I am assuming your Beretta is like all the other guns. You're only getting one click. Correct. Yeah. So okay. the, if I were to, I mean, when I dry fire my Beretta, fortunately it has a double action trigger, but if okay. I do a single action, I can press and then just do that. Just like a 1911. Right. Okay. Uh, but, uh, with ACE, man, like the ACE has a reset similar to my, to my Beretta. And so that's how I was able to shoot it live fire and still have the same skill. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That, that's a, that's a quick uh, split time there. And going back to that too, doing that accurately requires a really good grip because you can split really fast and have Charlie Delta, Charlie, Mike, alpha, Mike, 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 exactly. Mike, Mike. But (laughs) when you have a really good grip and really fast trigger trigger, you'll be able to get it accurately. So when it all comes together, you can see it in ACE. So what's your fastest build drill on ACE? Uh, my, normal build drill is one second from low ready. Okay. So what do you think it would be from the holster? Probably 1.4 seconds. Probably adding because my, from holster to, to target is about 0.4 to half a second. So what are your thoughts on Billy Barton and Isaac Lockwood doing one, one twos? They're insane. I'm not, I'm not them though. <laughs> yeah, no, insane. I'm just adding, but that is insane. I agree. They, yeah. That is freaking crazy fast. Yeah. I mean, when you have Max Michelle going up there and saying, I'm going to do about a one six and he does a one six four, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a guy who you look at as like, man, that guy has won how many still challenge matches. Right. So, and mm-hmm. then you see Isaac and, and Billy doing one, two, three, and it's like, get out of here. That's ridiculous. Yep. yep. I do not have a draw like them. So when we get a holster set up, like I could go out and get a holster, but I'd rather just, I'm just going to wait until Ace releases that holster that they've been talking about. When that day comes, I'm going to be doing a lot more holster work with, with the Arctis. So what, what are your plans for practical shooting? So I am currently shooting to be around the people I care about in this, I guess my friends, like 
it, it's okay. really hard to be at a shooting competition and not like guns, right? So all the people that are at a competition that love guns, well, I want to be around that those type of people too. Um, so I just want to hang out with these people more often. Fortunately, the the range I work at, I we have the matches there, so I'm it's easy for me to go there uh, for competition. Depending on where I am in my life and career, we shall see what I can do. Um, do I aspire to place on a podium? Of course, like I want to win also. Um, but there's just some, like for me right now, I, I don't have, uh, I don't have time to invest into that, unfortunately. So that's why I am doing all I can with ACE, especially to have fun and to get just this extra dry fire time uh, outside of live fire. Man, live fire is expensive. Long story short, I just want to not spend as much money too. <laughs> yeah, live fire is real expensive, you yeah. know. And if you're not dedicated to the sport, it's not it's not an expense you're you're willing to pay. And even reloading, it can make it more cost effective, but still like it's not it can get hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not cheap. So these people who have ammo sponsors, good on you. Mm -hmm. Now you live in a professional sports hub there in Dallas. How often do you guys get some of the professional athletes passing through your store? I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything. I will I will choose not to say anything I, right now, um, but... Uh, my well, store, I'm not asking names. I'm just saying how, how is it like weekly you get professional no, athletes? No, no, we okay. don't. Uh, we, we, we don't. Um, unfortunately, no, but we'll, we'll see in the coming, I mean, maybe if this podcast was a month from now, it would have been, I would have a different answer for you, <laughs> but okay. uh, we'll see what happens with the rest of the year. Okay. I mean, you've got the world champion Texas Rangers right there. Yeah. Right. You've got the should be world champion Dallas Cowboys who can't seem to get out of their own way. Good <laughs> Lord. At some point they'll figure out a coaching staff that can, that can put it together with the athletes that they have and actually do something. Right. So are you a, are you a California team fan or do you just not follow sports? I know you didn't play sports, so you may not be into sports. So going back to that. Yeah. I grew up without sports. Unfortunately, I don't have a team. If I were to claim one, okay. If I were to claim one, it would be the Angels and also the Ducks, those two. Okay. The yep. Anaheim Ducks. All right. Well, those were all the questions that I had for you, Anthony. Was there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? Mm, man, um, just I'm looking forward to what will happen with Ace in the future. Okay. Because this is literally just the beginning. Um, I know that you were able to talk to uh, Tim and Noah, was it like a, in the last episode, but I believe there's going to be huge things coming in the future just because like, there's all these updates and new players coming in. With all these new players coming in, there's going to be a lot more support for them. Well, yeah. I mean, um, Tom Castro just bought a setup. So okay. he's going to do a full review on it yeah we've been chatting uh, back and forth on instagram a little bit so yeah i could see yeah once you know 
I mean, who knows if JJ is going to put time into it? Who mm-hmm. knows who else is going to put time into it? I think once you start getting those types of shooters in there and even the, the Billy Bartons, you know what I mean? Like the guys who you don't normally know of as shooters who are crazy good out there. Mm-hmm. If they put a headset on and start playing around with it. Yeah. I, I could see this thing just becoming the greatest thing ever for non live fire. Yeah. And it's not just meant for competitive shooters. Like just right. Everyone in general can play this and have fun. Um, and I also know that there are some parents buying this and then showing it to their their younger ones, like responsibly how to get better at shooting too. So I, that's, to me, that's interesting. You know, that might be a sensitive topic, but it's like, no, there's some young athletes out there too. And this is a great way for them to develop. To develop. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't be a sensitive topic because I mean, what better way to teach safety too? You know right. what I mean? <laughs> you can do it virtually. I don't. I don't know if you were able to play to get to that point, but if you break 180, it, it catches you. It tells you you're disqualified in the game. So, oh, I did not even know that for that stage. So yeah, that, that that was in the most recent update. But if you start a stage and break 180, stage stops, disqualified, and then you start over. Yeah. So wow. I have been disqualified okay. actually in this game. <laughs> you have or have not? No, I have. Yeah, I've actually been DQ from this game. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Let's let's keep knock on wood. Keep it virtual. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, if you ever take an Ernest Langdon class, uh, we're de- you're definitely gonna have to come on, and we're gonna talk about it. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, I look forward to doing that one day. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Anthony. I appreciate it. Thank you. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.